0: with the legend, my man, Marcus Stroman. How are you doing, Stroh? I'm doing great, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, it's my pleasure. So you just came back from boxing, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, man, um, definitely something I'm newly incorporating kind of in my routine, uh, just for balance and unwinding of the body. So had an emphasis on, on boxing lefty to essentially unwind my body. I'm big on to having balance of my body from both sides. So essentially what the boxing does is I'm boxing, not my natural stance. I'm boxing lefty and I'm throwing most of my combos going this way to unwind myself from always going this way. So it's a it's a big thing for my body.
0: That's awesome. And hey, if someone charges the mound because of a case, <laughs> like you yeah. got him. I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. You and AG, right? Facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we were just talking. I mean, it, what, one thing that's cool is you grew up on Long Island. I grew up on Long Island. I mean, you were pretty much following in my footsteps. I know how it goes, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so what town did you grow up in?
1: Medford. Yeah, man. Medford. Went to Patchogue Medford and yeah, Holbrook is 10, 15 minutes, man, right down the road. So that's super close.
0: That's, that's awesome. Where did you like go to hang out? Like, I mean, I, I, I know that whole area real well, obviously. Uh-
1: We'd go to like Fire Island on the, uh, like, spend some time over there, um, Main Street in Patchog, Smith Haven Mall, like, I mean, I've kind of, kind of hit all the restaurants in Long Island, anywhere from kind of Suffolk County, the Ice Lips, the Bay Shores, the Pog, like kind of all, all along that Main Street.
0: Awesome. So is, is Smith Haven Mall still there?
1: I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I used I'm back to go there too. staying at my house, man. I always, I always get out there and just, it brings back so many memories. That's,
0: so where did you, did you play Little League growing up?
1: Yeah, um, Ronkonkoma Cardinals. Um that played was played for of, Ronkonkoma too. Yeah, so Sachem, I played honestly for a lot of Sachem teams growing up. So, which is more honestly Holbrook, the Holbrook area. So, I was always associated for whatever reason. I always played for for a lot of those travel teams were more Sachem kids, honestly. Oh, that's
0: that's really cool. Did you like, yeah. so growing up, like did your dad, I mean, How did you get interested in baseball?
1: Yeah, definitely my dad, man. I played baseball, basketball, soccer, football, um, all growing up. And then in high school, I did basketball, baseball, and football. And to be honest, man, baseball was something I always played, but it was always my third favorite sport. Um, I I always enjoyed playing it, but I always enjoyed football and basketball more. And baseball is something that, honestly, I just kind of transitioned into as I got older.
0: So why was it your third favorite sport?
1: I don't know, man. I I feel like basketball, I, basketball is always my favorite sport. Still like is like I still have a love, like a secret love for basketball, man, just because um, just the excitement of basketball, the action, the fast pace of the game. I, I think I kind of honored that um, in, in in basketball and baseball being kind of more slower, kind of took me a little bit more time to get acclimated to and to really fall in love with the game so off the bat I feel like I was more interested in baseball football because they're more fast-paced more athletic type games um
0: and how, mu- how much of that also was like I mean those sports are also known for just a little bit of trash talk there's all like baseball yeah. didn't yeah. have that
1: yeah definitely like that that component of it too man I was a big trash talker on the basketball court in high school and like you said, baseball, I feel like it's starting to come into the game a little bit, but it, it it really is kind of like out of the feel or out of the element of baseball. To You're not going to be verbally talking to someone as you're delivering a pitch. You know what I mean? It kind of goes against the the unwritten rules.
0: <laughs> I mean, you could. I'm not saying
1: <laughs> But <laughs> you could.
0: <laughs> how, how much do you think playing other sports uh, growing up? I mean, obviously, you're talking about the athleticism, the movements, boxing now. How much mm-hmm. do those sports translate to pitching and how much are you trying to use that to to make you a better pitcher
1: yeah man personally like i couldn't i couldn't emphasize more how important i think it is for young the young wave of athletes young kids to play as many sports as possible i think it just helps your overall athleticism helps your body move in different ways helps your body get used to being in different positions like there's so much um There's so many good things you could take from playing soccer, from playing basketball, from playing football. I don't think kids at a young age should ever, should ever just focus their abilities on one particular sport because I feel like honestly, by doing so, it limits them from being great at that one particular sport because it kind of limits your access, especially as a child when we're young, like our bodies are amazing. And when you can acclimate it and make it move in certain ways, playing different sports, that kind of carries the wave as you get older. And I feel like that's why I'm so good, to be honest with you. It's not necessarily that I'm a great pitcher. It's not necessarily that I'm a great um, baseball player. It's that I'm a great athlete. And by being a great athlete, I feel like I make better in-game adjustments than anybody. Like I'm able to correct myself and know, you know what? My core was off there. My, 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 my left glute wasn't turned on. My hip is a little off. I'm able to make those corrections and feel my body pitch to pitch in game. And I truly feel like that comes from my athletic background.
0: That's interesting because I've seen you, like I watch your games, obviously mm-hmm. I watch every start that you, uh, that you yeah. Have. And I notice you talking to yourself and you're, you're, you're giving mm-hmm. yourself cues like, Hey, you know, I've got to, I've got to get my core, uh, yeah. into it.
1: I'm really big on verbal cues. And like, I, I talk to myself a lot and a lot of people think I'm talking to them at times. But a lot of the times, man, I also have like a mental coach I work with. And a big thing is, is the ability when we speak things verbally, vocally, the idea of kind of speaking into existence rather than just holding it in and thinking about it, it kind of hits home way different, man. It kind of is like on this whole like mental, spiritual wave where you really feel it. So I'm big into talking to myself when I'm on the mound. Keep your core on, engage your ass, engage your glute, get into your legs, breathe. My big thing is breathing. Focus on your breath, get in your core, keep your ribs down. I'll tap my ribs to give myself a reminder. So I'm really big, man, in the verbal cues. I feel like that's been a huge help for me over the years. It's. I feel like when I'm able to verbally verbally express something, it kind of manifests itself.
0: Interesting. And, and is it, it's generally just positive stuff, too. I mean, I haven't seen you totally like
1: only positive stuff, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've noticed you go off on the uh, energy vampires and stuff on uh, Mm -hmm. online. And it just seems like, like part of it is everybody wants to tear people down. Like they Mm -hmm. don't build people up online or they build you up only to tear you down. And uh, I mean, it's great to see a positive role
1: model out there. Hundred And such a negative world nowadays, man. and, And especially in social media, you know, and I know how positive a person I am. And I have I have kids, I have adults, I have people from all walks of life, man, who, who reach out to me on the daily, who tell me that I'm their source of inspiration or motivation or, or just by posting a a quote or saying that I helped them get through a day or a moment of adversity that they might be getting through, man. So that is, I can't put into words how gratifying that is for me. And I can take any hate, man. I'm so calm in my life now. Like I can, I can take whatever it is from anybody, man, and just know the impact that I have on certain individuals in the world and and, kind of that's how I go through life. So honestly, I'm just trying to show the young wave of athletes, man, because it's a hard world with social media. And it's so negative. Like you said, I'm just trying to be a positive light for these young athletes who are coming up or young people or anybody in general who's going through any type of adversity, who when they go to their phones, the first thing they're seeing is everything working against them, not everything working for them. So yeah, man, I'm I'm going to continue to be this positive light. I'm going to continue to ruffle some feathers along the way, but I'm so, I'm so content and happy in the individual I turned out to be. And I continue to, to look forward to spreading my light.
0: So when you were playing, I mean, playing, who do you look up to? Um, I know David Price has a similar mentality about, uh, you know, being a faucet versus a drain. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, man, I don't have like, I don't really have many role models in that sense, man. Um, David Price is one of my very few role models. Like he is one of the best human beings I've ever been around. Like, I don't even care about baseball. Like he's one of the best people, individuals that I've ever, like, I can't even put it into words. That's just, just the most humble down to earth. He'll give you anything you need. If, if, if it takes him being in a worse situation for you to be in a better situation, he's going to do it and i can't put that into words man there's not people people like that don't exist in the world and i've met everybody in the world i see how negative the world is i see how it is so i honor i honor people like that in the world you know what i mean and and souls like that so that, that's what i mean when i say i don't have many role models cuz i don't look up to people i look up to i mean i don't look up to athletes i look up to people who have good hearts you know what i mean and who 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 do great things in life and there's not many man like i've met some of my role models in life, and honestly, they're no longer my role models. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I have very few people who I honor and look up to in life, and David Price is very, very high on that list. That's awesome.
0: Uh, so, when you were going, I mean,
1: you put how how were how was your high school ball experience? Just curious. Mm-hmm. High school was great, man. I had a great, I had a pretty good experience, man. Like, I was always like very knows like work, 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 work. If I wasn't working on my craft, man, I was working on schoolwork. Like in high school, like I was really focused, man. Like it was tunnel vision. My dad was on a wave too. Like my dad had me like very tunnel vision. He had me very motivated, very confident. And we just worked, man. Like I said, I I didn't have much time. I wasn't going out to any parties. I wasn't playing much if I wasn't working on my craft or working on me getting better, my dad was handing me additional schoolwork or reading comprehension or this book to read. And then he would quiz me on it. So I'm thankful for my pops, man. Like I said, at times it was very overwhelming. Um, but now I, I, I look back and I'm, I'm so thankful for my dad and, and my upbringing. So
0: I think that's, in, So I mean, I had a similar thing, raising a kid who's a pitcher, mm-hmm. um, I think kids don't appreciate it necessarily at the time because mm. you know, you want to go off and have fun and your and your dad has a long range view of everything. And it's like,
1: hey, get get your
0: school work done.
1: Yep. Yeah. Almost like, oh, like, I can't I can't do this. I can't go out with my friends tonight. Like, but now man, I look back and I'm so thankful that I'm not the friends or or acquaintances at the time who who panned out the way they did. I'm so happy that I had his upbringing and his, his motives and his, his, his mindset instilled in me, man. And the work ethic, the honest, the honest thing was a work ethic that my dad instilled in me, man. Like he would drag me to the gym at 5 a.m. He would be opening the gym with a key dragging me at five. Like he don't miss a workout till this day. He's 55 and he trains daily. So he taught me like, if you want anything, man, you just got to go get it. And you got to work. And when other people are playing and other people are doing things, he's like, that's an opportunity to outwork them. He's like, and if you want to get to the top. He's like, he. my dad let me know when I was super young. He's like, you're not going to be the biggest person. He told me straight up. He didn't try to like sugarcoat it. Like, he's like, you're never going to be the biggest dude in the room. He's like, that doesn't matter at all. He's like, you need to know that, you, that you're you the biggest person in the room and know that regardless, you have to be the most confident person in the room. So my man told me that when I was young, like probably like, <laughs> probably like way younger than most people told that, but probably like five, six, seven years old. My dad's a, my dad's a savage. So. Like, that's kind of like, I took that through that, like hit home to me. And like, honestly, from that age, all I did was work.
0: That So you would have been successful no matter what you would have done. So you would just pick something.
1: I truly believe that. Yeah. Like baseball, I just do baseball, but I truly believe even when I'm done playing baseball, like I truly believe I have this next second wave of life where I'm going to be extremely successful into whatever endeavor I get in, man. Well, you've started that. I mean, with, with your whole mm-hmm. brand, which is awesome. Yeah, man, I got ACMH, which is incredible, man. Um, Height doesn't measure heart, which is based off my my logo, my brand. I also am starting my foundation. We're starting to get into some really cool endeavors. Um, it's crazy, man, to see the progression of everything, to see it all kind of pan out. It's, it's it's amazing. I'm also I'm also in the process of writing a children's book, which will be kind of it'll be it'll be incorporate HDMH will be a big facet of that as well. So. Um, I'm working on this now, and I'm also working on producing possibly my own wine. So I always have projects, man. Like I, I, I have so many projects, but it helps me stay locked in on the field. Like the, the, the normal person who looks at me says, oh, he's got all these projects going on. It's a distraction. But they don't understand that I need that distraction in order to keep my mind centered when I'm out there on the mount to be locked in. If I go home and my mind's wandering and I don't have things to focus on when I'm away from the field... I will never be in a proper mental place to go out there and pitch, which it's hard for people to grasp, but that's my true mental state, man. It's just how it works. I think that makes sense. And you also have a champion (laughs) dog too. Yeah, man. I just got him back actually a week ago. He's down here, Florida circuit showed in Ocala. He showed in Lakeland. Uh, I think he has a show coming up too soon. So he's ranked 20th right now, man. I pulled him out. (laughs) My trainer hates me because I always pull him out because I just like having him around, man. And when I send him, he has to be gone for a while. So he's ranked 20th right now in the country. He was inside the top 10 at one point, but being on the, being on the circuit is one of those things you have to stay up on top of it and you have to consistently do.
0: Well, I mean, he's big though. I mean, do you ever feel like you should have gotten a smaller dog? Are you like uh...
1: yeah, I, <laughs> I big dogs, man? I grew up with the Rottweiler and a pit bull. Ooh, nice. So I've always liked big dogs, man. Honestly, I, I saw the King Corso and I've just fell in love, man. And I, I just wanted one. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like I, I yeah. always see, I show my wife pictures of so. him. <laughs> yeah, he's a sweetheart, man. He's a big teddy bear.
0: So going from high school to Duke, um, what made you play college? What did you get out of college? Um, and you know, I went to UNC, so we mm-hmm. got that rivalry coming up tomorrow too. So that's a that's a hard rivalry, bro. That's one of the biggest rivalries in
1: sports, right there. Oh hell yeah! Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, going to. Um, I always tell people, man, I'm extremely thankful that I like I honestly it wasn't really a decision for me. I mean, I guess I roughly did have a decision, but um, financially it wasn't enough to kind of sway as far as as far as going out of high school. But obviously, if you're faced with a financial like a million bucks, like that's hard to say no to. But I'm always a big proponent man, of going to college. Like I'm so thankful I went to college. Like, just not even just my developmental years as a player, just as a person, as a human being, just learning how to live on your own, just being away, doing your own walking and going to do your own laundry, like providing for your food. Like, all those things just help you grow in life. You know what I mean? And I think that get missed out when you get thrown into the the minor league lifestyle a bit. So I'm a big proponent of college. Also, you don't choose a school like Duke University to just, not graduate or, or or to just go there for a year or something so i'm a i'm the biggest proponent of education man any way you could further your knowledge further your education i think that's the way to go and like and i'm sure you know this like baseball could be taken away from me any day so and i'm very aware of that i've always been very aware of that and to this day i've have a i've had a ton of a pretty great accomplishments in, in the big leagues i was an all-star pitched pitching in playoffs getting my degree from duke university still tops all of that um to this day.
0: Well, I thought it was one of the great stories. I remember you sitting in class watching a game on a yeah. laptop. I think it was, which yeah. was freaking
1: awesome. Yep. 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 That was that summer, man. That summer set me up for my life. I tell people i I've never been more thankful to say that I tore my ACL, but that set me up for, I already was one of the most confident people ever that summer. I feel like made me unbreakable, man. Like I truly feel like there's nothing in the world that I can get through after rehabbing an ACL in five months and being in a class daily, doing all the work and getting my degree. There's not much more that I can't tackle. You know what I mean? So I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that
0: that's insane. Like yeah. coming back from an ACL like that, did you know you were going to do that? I mean, like that was a goal, obviously like how much did you have to work to get that done?
1: Man, I had to work a ton. The program that the Blue Jays had me on the time had me way behind schedule with their training staff there at the time. So when I showed up to Duke, I was behind schedule. And I ended up returning to play in five and a half months on an ACL, which is a normal, normal, normal to nine to 12. It's not, you do know, not really good to like 12 months. And I was back on a mound pitching in four months. And I was back at the big league level five and a half months. It's like the most incredible thing I've ever done, man. That's why... I, Going through season and going through adversity is easy now. I would literally wake up, I'll just give you a quick day. I'd wake up Monday. I'd wake up every day before, before breakfast, stretch, foam roll, soft tissue, eat around 7, 7.30, go to my first workout from usually like 8 to 9.30. From there, I'd go straight to class. From class, my homie would bring me lunch and a change of clothes. From class, i go straight to another workout. From my workout, i go straight to another class. I did that Monday to Friday and then Saturday I'd have full pool day workout. And then Sundays I'd be so tired. I would literally just try and sleep to, to get ready to do it again. And when I tell you there was no special treatment, I was in every single class doing every single paper, doing every single report, writing every single note. I was, I could wholeheartedly say that. And I take a lot of pride in that man, because I know how much work it is and how mentally challenging that was, how much challenge it was on my body. Like, it makes everything going through life easy, man. Like after going through that. So I'm thankful for my doctors who I had there, Dr. Robert Butler, Dr. Jason shut. They both took unbelievable jobs with the St. Louis Cardinals. Nikki Huffman took a head trainer role with the blue Jays. It's one of the only females to ever do that. And now she works independently contracting. She's my trainer. She works with Nolan Arenado, and she works with a few others as well. So it was a legendary summer, man. Like, honestly, i I'm, I'm going to try and do like a, a piece on it soon, like a show or like a little YouTube on that summer because it was, it was incredible.
0: Yeah. That's, that's absolutely crazy. Were you as big a celebrity on campus as some of the basketball players that
1: This is the other thing, man. Nobody knew me on campus. <laughs> really? Was, I loved it though, man. I was a normal student. Like I actually had some classes with some basketball students there and I'm not going to name any names, but I'd be in there taking notes and these students and those guys were getting up, leaving halfway through class, dipping out. Like, so like I said, I was a normal student. There was no special peripheral, like there was none of that. I was in, like I said, I was in every class doing everything on time, um, making sure all my work was handed in. I was printing out papers as I was getting my work in, in the morning at my training facility, like it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And like I said, after, after doing that, it just makes going through life very easy now.
0: Yeah. I would imagine. And this is going to help you going forward with, with all the various interests you have.
1: Oh, a hundred percent, man. I, I i have so many, I have so many goals, man. Like my bucket list is like endless, but I want to do it all man in life. And I, I truly believe I will, but obviously my priority right now is is winning a world series and winning in Cy Young. And when I say that's priority, that's priority, man. Like I, 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 I'm a five, I'm five foot seven, man. So I don't have the luxury of, of taking any time or taking any breaks as far as preparation, as far as when it comes to doing that. So I, when it takes a lot, man, for me to be good out there. And when I, like my off season, it's like, when I say I have full days of training or recovery, like they're full days of dry needling, hyperbaric chamber, cryo, sauna, uh, full workouts, dry, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it takes so much, which people never see. You know what I mean? People don't understand. They think we just go out there and we throw a baseball. But in order to be like that, I like like that out there. Like I said, I dedicate, man, so much time away from my family, so much time, like really focusing on my mind and my body in order to be a lead out there.
0: So you say, uh, I mean, obviously you want to win the Cy Young and, and, and I don't see any reason you can't, but you have some teammates mm-hmm. that are pretty darn good too,
1: man. Honestly, I'm a realistic guy too. Like (laughs) my goal is to win the Cy Young. So that's where my work mentally, that's how I prepare. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with my, whatever my results are going to be, I'm already good with my results because I know that I have exhausted every opportunity to prepare my mind and body. There's nothing more that I can do. So that's why I have so much calm now, man. And just knowing when I go out there, I truly think I'm going to be great. But even if I'm not great in particular starts, like I know it won't last because I know how much I prepare. Um, But like you said, man, DeGrom is unbelievable. So I'm not like, if DeGrom, as long as he stays healthy for 30, 30 starts, he's going to win this. DeGrom's going (laughs) to win. I tell everybody this, bro, like I, DeGrom's the best pitcher in baseball bro like it's no debate it's not even close to a debate with me it's not even remotely a discussion and I thought this before being around him after being around him it's just kind of set it just kind of puts it in stone man like that guy is the one of the most elite pitchers I think that we will ever speak about so I'm excited man to be around him man because it's cool for me I, I literally go out and just watch his bullpens bro like a little kid like I'm like a little kid out there bro like I sit behind him right behind him in his bullpen. like he lets me sit there chill ask him questions he's the man bro he's so low-key but he's the man and he's always open to helping and and always helping like we just wants you to be your best as well so I'll pick his mind I would go into a bullpen and pick his mind man and to be honest like people don't understand but I have a lot of little tweaks that I'm gonna be coming out with this year that i DeGrom inspired, man, whether it be maybe where my foot position is, is on the, on the mound or where my hand pump is or what it is DeGrom's thinking about when he has his hand pump or when he lifts his leg. Like I've incorporated a lot of things that he's doing that have helped me stay more compact and more stable and fluid in my delivery. DeGrom's got the best mechanics I tell anybody. And a lot of it's, a lot of it's his body, how much of an athlete he is. A lot of it's also physical and what he was born with. Um, I think DeGrom has the best hip disassociation at any pitcher or anybody in the league. And I think that you can't replicate it. This is why you can't say, oh, go have DeGrom's mechanics. Nobody can have that. His hip disassociation, his ability to, to open up his hips on his stride length and keep his, his top half still loaded back is fucking incredible. Like, it is like, you can't teach that. You can't you can't teach it like it's an elastic it's an elastic mobility rubber band that like he's born with he he, he has created since birth or whatever it is but you can't go and tell a pitcher to go be like the grom De is a one of one De grom is is a goat like he, like you can't be the grom so what i try to do is i try to pick up little things that he's thinking about in his thought process or why he's doing what he's doing that you can apply to you in your own way. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go out there and be, you know what, I'm going to do everything he's doing because that doesn't work because I'm not six, six lanky and tall. I'm five, seven short and stocky though. So I-, I can't move like that. You know what I mean? So being around him, man has been a blessing, honestly. And I can't wait to be around him for a full year. Like I can't wait. Like I think I'm going to learn so much from him. Plus my body, my mind's at the best place it's been in my career. Like I'm my future. I truly believe my best years are ahead of me. So I'm just excited, man.
0: I think that's awesome. What do you think? So what do you think separates him? What else? I mean, like his mentality is so different from, from yours on the mound. I think he seems uh, he's more low key. Um, and, and, and almost like uh, he's very intense,
1: but very low in- key. Yes. That's a perfect way to explain him, man. Like, he's very intense, but low key. Like he tries to be as low key on the mound as possible. Like you're really going to see him really come out of his zone, which I love that works for him. This is why I tell people, like everyone's always like Marcus, why don't you be like the Grom and be quiet? I'm like, because that's not going to make me be my best version of myself. I can go out there and be low key and not say a word, but by doing so, when you take away from being yourself, you take away opening a realm, a, a, a level, of potential that you can't tap into when you're being restricted when you're like you know what I'm just gonna be like this when you play like that it don't work and and any real athlete at the highest level will let you know that in order to be elite you need to be your true self out there even if it's gonna ruffle some feathers it doesn't matter but like you said DeGrom he's himself he's himself out there like that's how DeGrom is off the field too but don't for a second think that DeGrom's not intense just because he's low-key because like I said he'll come in and and he'll have some spurts where he's he's hot, man. Like he demands perfection. That's why I love Degrom. Like he demands perfection. And he'll come in and like be upset over a blue. He'll have a perfectly clean inning, and, and he'll be upset over over a nasty pitch that he threw where a guy got a, a blue hit over it. You know what I mean? Like I love that, and that just shows you the level of perfection that he's seeking, which which is rare in the game. Because like I just said, guys would be happy. Oh, I got out of the inning. You know what I mean? That's how most guys are. And I kind of play both parts. I'll be like that sometimes, but then I'll also be on that DeGrom wave sometimes where I'm like, I have a perfectly cleaning. I'm like, how did that guy hit that? Or like, what? Like, that was like, you know what I mean? You're kind of questioning. That's how DeGrom is. He's always constantly seeking perfection. Like I said, if DeGrom makes 32 starts or if DeGrom makes whatever amount of starts he needs to qualify for this Cy Young, I truly believe this. I've told everyone this. I think DeGrom will win the, I think he'll win the Cy Young every year. I, 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 I truly believe this. If it was a full season last year, I think he gets the Cy Young. Like, over 162 games, no one's messing with that guy. Anybody could be good in 10 games. For, for over a 60-game season, you could put together easily a 10-game spur. No one's messing with DeGrom over 30, 32, 33 starts. I will say that to the death of me, man. Like, that guy's on a different level.
0: Well, I think the, the great point you made, and I think kids don't understand this, coaches a lot of times don't understand this, is they try to cookie cut people. They say, be like DeGrom, move like him. Mentally, they think, you know, this is the way you should be. And I know you fought that, but you have people like Scherzer and Kluber were to- totally different personalities. Kluber, stone-faced, Scherzer 100%. yells at me. So you got to be yourself.
1: You have to, man. That's such a key. And like you said... Unfortunately, a lot of coaches, even in pro ball, man, like, they try to make people cookie cutter. Like, they try to make this person, you know what, let's make him like this person. And every individual and a human being is their own person. Everyone is so unique. Everyone is an individual. Everyone is one of one. Every person when they're born, like, you're a one of one. You're not like the next person. It's not one of two. You're not born of one of two. You're not born of one of three. So how are you going to tell me to go be like this guy? You know what I mean? So, I'm big into that, man. And honestly, I, I faced that all coming up. I won't name names or where it came from, but everyone tried to make me cookie cutter. I had, I had coaches come over in the Blue Jays organization when I was coming up, trying to tell me to raise my arm slot, pitch like this guy. You need to throw from this angle so you're throwing more down. Had me throwing 50, 60 pitch bullpens where my arm, I couldn't even feel my arm the next day, changing shit. And I was actually listening to these guys at the point, man. And I'm like, I look back, back now. I'm like, thank God I didn't get injured. And thank God I had the ability to be like, you know what? I'm going to do this shit my way, bro. Like if I'm, if I'm going to go out this game, if I'm going to be pushed out this game, or if I'm going to, if I'm not going to be great, it's going to be my way. Like you can't tell me to, to, to go and be this way. And like you said, I'm 5'7". The next guy's 6'2". Like everyone's different. Everyone's got different builds. Everyone's got different mentals. This guy can't pitch the same. Every, some guys like to yell and show emotion. I'm the type of guy where I've realized that with my mental coach, we've talked about it. I'm not the type of guy who can be stoic out there. And you know what? Let's just hold it all in for seven innings and not say anything. Because guess what? That's going to work against me. And now I'm going to be so bottled up intense. That's going to fuck with my pitches, my mobility, my mind, everything. I'm the type of guy who, yeah, I'm going to let out a yell in the moment whenever the hell I want to. Because guess what? That's what I need to be great. And that's what I'm going to do in the moment because that makes me great. And that's what's going to put me at my highest level. The umpire might not like it. The other team might not like it. The crowd might not like it. People might not like it. Guess what? I don't care. Because in order for me to be elite out there for my teammates and my members and put us in the best position to win, you have to be yourself. And and, and in order to get to your true maximum elite potential, which i think a lot of guys don't get to in professional ball in college anywhere at any level because they feel like you know what i can't be myself and you only have a small window of opportunity you get passed by if you're not being yourself for two or three years guess what there's the next guy who's being himself who's flying right by you taking your opportunity so like you have to man it's a priority on literally if being yourself is gonna put you in your best mind state it's going to put you in the best position to go out there and dominate. Be yourself. I don't care what it is. I tell everybody this. If you got to yell at someone, if you got to go in the dugout and 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 break things, if you got whatever it may be, as long as you're not putting your body at harm or injury, get it out, man. Go yell. Go in the tunnel and scream. Go, go get curses out. If you're on the field and you punch somebody out, let it all out. Let a fist pump. Hype your teammates up, man. Like, have fun with it, man. Like, I'm going to do what I want, man. I've had this like calming feeling recently, like going forward, like there's going to be nobody, no media, no nothing that's going to tell me how I should or shouldn't act because I know my teammates genuinely love it. I know it's me being genuine. I know it's me who I am as a person. So there's nothing no one can tell me, man, going forward. That's, that's the kind of the wave I'm on.
0: (laughs) I, I think that's awesome because I, I, number one, I think coaches have tried to bake that out of people. And I think uh, I talked to AG about the same thing. He said he tried to do the stone face thing. Like don't show emotion. He said he sucked at
1: it. It made him terrible. I've had a few games, honestly, in my career where where I've done it. And I've been bad. And not only have I been bad, I just haven't felt normal. Like you just go through games and it's just like, this is like not me. Like I'm sitting here just like literally trying to hold everything in. It's like, for what? You know what I mean? Just because. A couple media members said Strowman, he's controversial when he shows excitement. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. These are these are media members. There's one guy with one perspective. Who, who cares, bro? Forget all these guys.
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's the thing that has hurt baseball
1: from getting fans into the sport. Hundred percent, man. Did you see? I just I just on Twitter now. This is so why I was late. I was late to this convo. Cause I came from boxing. I got sidetracked and then I got on Twitter and like, obviously we didn't get Bauer. I'm sure everyone, oh, sorry, everyone <laughs> saw we didn't get, but came out yesterday that we were going to get Bauer. It was like official. I'm sure you've been keeping up with this. And then today it came out to Dodgers. So you got these media members, man, like so negative, bro. we picked up Lindor Carrasco, Trevor May, Lucchese, Loop, like McCann. And the media members tweet, No Bauer, no Springer, no Real Muto. Welcome back, Mets. Bro, I don't got time for that shit, bro. Like, you are a pessimist, bro. Like, your your life is negative. And just because you have a platform, now you're spreading all this negative-ass hate to the fan base. I got no time for that, man. Like, I'm going to say what I want. I don't care for these guys no more. Like, so I tweeted. You go look at my tweet. I said to him, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I'm like, dude, are these not unbelievable additions for any team in any offseason? Bro, we had a Lindor and Carrasco. That'll let alone. Plus, McCann, May, Lucchese, Loop, Yamamoto. We have unbelievable pitching depth. We got an unbelievable lineup. Bro, we have every reason to be excited. Now you have media members with a little blue check. Oh, these guys get a little blue check and they start to feel themselves. Oh, okay. And now they spew all this negative hate. And shit to the fan base. And now the fan base is arguing about it. Now the fan base gets negative. Now the, it's, it's it's a it's a terrible cycle, man. That's how the world is. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's how it is. It's a negative ass world, man. And like, I won't cave to it. I won't cave to it. Like, I'm never going to cave into like, my life is too amazing, too positive, man, to cave into these negative people, you know?
0: Well, I am looking forward to your, uh, to your children book too, man. Cause that's going to be, yeah. I love the one on one, the one of one, concept i think that that's something that kids have it's to understand funny you
1: said that one of one i'm actually my tattoo artist is flying in tomorrow i'm getting one of one i have rare breed tatted going down my shin and i'm getting one of one tatted going down my other shin probably tomorrow so it's funny you, you said that oh <laughs> well,
0: that's perfect
1: yeah. you also have
0: a, a a peaky blinders tattoo right
1: i'm a shelby man that's my guy bro that's my that's my low key like i've never I've never watched a series and have, like, mentally felt a character more, bro. So, like, I felt like I was, like, with him and, like, just the way he took care of his family, how he was kind of the guy who wanted to be that person, just all his ups and downs, how he always kind of gets back to level ground. Man, I have, like, a lot of respect for that character. So, like, and I don't. I'm super picky with shows and characters. So, I was like, oh, I need him tatted. I got him tatted. I need him tatted on me. <laughs> That's, can, you, can you do it by, uh, by order of the peaky? By blinders? order of I was thinking about putting under there. I have I have him smoking a sig, which is just a portrait, and then right to the side of him, I have a, a side profile of him with the hat with the with the hat on, which is like you need to get that in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. You uh I mean are you a little jealous that Tyler Glasno actually looks like him a little bit?
1: <laughs> Bro, I know it's funny because like you know how Twitter is, people are like you got glass no tat? I would like, like close my back so you got glass no tat on your back. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no, glass- that's that was a fucking legend, man. Like, wow, what a what a talented individual, man, bro. I'm like the biggest. I love just watching. Like, I'm a fan, man. Like, I'm such a fanboy, bro. When I'm when I watch, like, like whenever I'm watching your account, man, I'm looking at these pictures. Like, I'm legit a fan, bro. I'm like, holy shit. Like, look at that shit is nasty. You know what I mean? So I love it, man. I'm all for like, I love like, obviously pitchers. It's like we're we're our own entity. Like, we always keep tabs on each other. It's like our own culture too. So. I love seeing him man. He's he's going to be a great pitcher, bro. I'm I'm honestly excited cuz I think he's he's one of those few guys who's like I think he's going to continually get better. You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of guys like come in they're great for a year or two or or three and then it's like they kind of wander out. Like I truly think he's like he's going to progress, man, and it's going to be scary. Like I, he's not even like at his like nowhere near his potential. That's what people don't realize. <laughs> that's what people don't realize. He's like He's still out there just kind of messing around a bit. Like when he like when he gets to that peak, man, it's going to be scary, scary.
0: So that's a great point, because I think so sometimes taller pitchers have a harder time because it takes mm-hmm. them a while to grow into their frame. He's one of those he's six foot eight like that. giant.
1: Yeah, it's a, a giant. lot of moving parts. And honestly, it's a lot of it's a lot of stability. Those guys need to do more stability than I do. And I, I'm the biggest core stability proponent. Like, that's honestly, I'm going in a year eight, man. I'm 5'7. I'm going to be able to pitch. Like, people don't understand. Like, I'm going to be able to pitch, bro, for a long time, like at 5'7 because my body is unbelievable. People say whatever they want. Like, I take care of it to, to the 10th degree. So, I got no problem talking about it to that because, you know, like, guys don't last in the league. It's hard to have a long career, especially as a starting pitcher, to go and pitch 10, 11, 12, 13 years, man. That's hard to do. You got to be elite and you got to come with it and stay healthy. So, I'm going into year eight, man. I'm looking forward to being one of those guys. Like that's that's kind of what I, I I pride myself on. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think to some extent, you're able to take advantage of timing everything up because you're so in sync. And you're and a lot mm-hmm. of these other guys, you know, the, the the scouts love it. They see a guy that's six ten or six eight or whatever, and they're like, "That's my guy." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it takes them a long time to get there. They I mean, long- never
1: exactly, but that's why it's like. I hate that the the ideal starting pitching. It's still it's like the ideal pitcher build is like six two six whatever it may be. You know what I mean? But like you said, every body is different. So there might be a guy five eight five nine who's able to use his body incredible, properly. And I actually have I actually have which at some point I think will come out. But um, I ended up signing back with the with the Mets. But I have a bio like a bunch of these biomechanical biomechanical breakdowns of my body and basically stating how, how long I'm going to be able to, how long I'm going to be able to play and how much less wear and tear I put on my body than everybody in the league. It's actually like very eye opening, man, because of my mechanics and because of my core and stability, I can, I'm going to pitch for a long time. That's what people don't realize. And like, this is science. This is proven by science as well. Um, I'm not max effort, man. Like I move so easy, like everything I do out there, it's, 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 it, doesn't take a lot for me to move it doesn't take much effort but like you said i spend spent so much time in the weight room man. not a lot of pitchers do that they put a priority on being on the mound on on going to throw and I'm the opposite I'm the opposite I, I want my body to be at the best possible potential before I even touch the mound Um. so like you said I feel like man I honestly feel like the training is going to shift in pitchers and athletes in the next five to 10 years. If you keep up with functional movement screening or, or Greg cook, um, Dr. Lee Burton, which are, those two guys are kind of like the, the guys who I look up to more than anyone in the space because they're geniuses when it comes to the body. But I'm talking about them because they train, they're pretty much train and go about the body like five, 10 years down the road from now they're way in the future. And that's exactly how I take care of my body. Baseball is very stuck in training methods and lifts and and certain things that literally do not help you have a long career. It actually works against you, but it's so ingrained in the baseball. Like I said, you're going to start to see a shift in how athletes, pitchers train that would help them pitch much longer with less injury, less soreness in between starts and just feel way better once they get into like I said, Greg Cook and Dr. Lee Burton, who are the inspirations for the doctors who train me in my rehab are the geniuses. And that's kind of the, the format on how I train my body. Once we get these pictures, like like the pictures you're saying with the six, four, six, five, six, six frames on this training method on, on this wave, I think it's like it's gonna be scary, man.
0: But it it seems like baseball, maybe it's all sports. They get stuck in Mm -hmm. a rut and they have one way of thinking and it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to break out of that. And I love the way you take charge of your career because Mm -hmm. so many people, and this is a thing that I see with kids in high school, kids in college, all they do is they say, yes, sir. No, sir. Listen to a coach. And I think their coach knows everything in the end. It's your career.
1: It's your career, man. And honestly, if I would have taken that approach, I tell people this all the time. If I would have taken that approach, I would not be in the big leagues any, any longer. If I would have kept training by being the yes man and listening to what everyone said, this is the way. I tell people this all the time. Like when I was a rookie, when I used to do the, the whatever the, the generalized training programs and all this was, I used to feel like I get hit by a bus after a start, like it would take me so long to recover. My body was always sore. I wasn't lifting or training properly. It took me to tear my ACL, to have my doctors at Duke University tell me that my body was not in the proper place where it should be, to tell me that I was training wrong when I thought it was all gravy and all perfect, to tell me and point it out, literally to break down my mechanics. You see where this is wrong? Terrible hip stability. You look at your rib position. Look at your, look at your right hip. Look at your left hip. Look at your leg strength to tell me all my deficiencies. Meanwhile, I was getting fed that, oh, I'm this, 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 and this and great. So like I said, everyone is different and you have to be open to always changing and adapting because like I said, I'm not doing anything that I was doing when I got drafted. I'm not doing anything that I was doing three, four years ago. And I truly believe that in order to be great in this game, you consistently have to adapt because your body's always changing. Um, you, you have to be able to, to, to move on the go. If you, if you are that individual or athlete who's stuck in your ways and scared of growth or, or, or afraid to change, I don't think you'll ever truly reach your true true potential. Like there's no way I honestly tell everybody this. I'm like, I'm trying to learn and change and adapt and grow until the day I die. Like there's going to be never a point where I'm like, I don't want to learn more or I don't want to change for the better, or I don't want to adapt to, to increase, my value of life or to make me feel like, you know what I mean? So a lot of athletes get stuck in their ways. They're like, you know what? I had success in college. This is how I got to do things. What you did a year ago, what I did three days ago might not necessarily work tomorrow. So I think a lot of athletes get stuck in that rut, man, for sure. Like you always have to be adapting and changing, man. I can truly say if I was stuck in my ways, I would have been out of the league with a regular job by now because I needed to tear my ACL almost to learn that I wasn't training properly. And I had the ability when I tore my ACL to stay with the team and do that and go through their training properly. But that was the best decision of my life was to go back to Duke University and get with the training staff and to completely change the way I took care of my body. It was the biggest thing I've ever done.
0: That's amazing that. Probably your biggest setback in your career and the biggest injury ended up being the best thing that happens to you. And too many people
1: don't take advantage of that. 100%, 100%. Like you said, a lot of people, a lot of people mourn and feel bad for themselves and look at it like, oh, you know what, man, like this is it. I have never been like that. I've, I've always have seen if hell was about to burn over today, I will somehow find that little bit of sunshine or that little bit of cloud somewhere, that little silver lining in there. That's how I've always been. I don't see, I don't see negative because there's no need to dwell on negative. There's no point in spending time on anything bad because it's only going to work against you. So when I tore my ACL man, like, this is what I tell people, like the doctor pulled on my ACL, told me right away, you tore your ACL. I said, okay, can you leave the room? I literally had a little emotional moment to myself probably for five, 10 minutes. I got on my phone. I called my mom. I said, mom, I want to go back to school. Can you please start this process? I did that in the moment, not the next day, not two days, not three days down the road. I tore my ACL the moment of I called my mom and said, I want to go back to school. I want to rehab and get my degree. So that's just how I moved. It was like, I wasn't going to sit there and be like, oh, I feel bad for myself for a week. And be like, You know what? I was going to be so good this year. And who knows what's going to happen? And I was like, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to rehab. Who knows, maybe if I rehab, great, maybe I'll come back. I kind of thought like that out, like I kind of put that in the in, in in the air. Like, you know what, maybe maybe it's possible. Even though I thought like nine to 12 months ACS, probably not like, but I threw it in the air. I was like, you know what, let's go back to school, change my scene, go into it with the open heart, good vibes, let's see what happens. And it turned good. out great. I, I think I felt worse for you than you did then because I <laughs> was depressed. And I remember
0: when you said the comeback will be legendary. And I Uh like tweeted that out because I was like, I was like, shit, Marcus is here.
1: Yeah, 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 man. And it it was legendary, bro. Like I did definitely didn't dwell, man. That was honestly like I look back at that moment. That was like one of the most crucial moments of my career, man. Because if I feel if I would have left that moment, I would have dwelled on it for days, maybe weeks. Then maybe I wouldn't have gone back to school. Then maybe I would have just sat around spring training and, and just rehabbed and went home and felt bad for myself every day. Like that was, that was a, that was a life changing moment, man, for sure.
0: Well, I think this is going to be really inspirational for kid. Again, I'm going back to the children's book, like your mm-hmm. stories and your outlook is really, really good for kids to read to me.
1: So yeah, uh... man. And like, I, I see, man, like I, I don't I lose sight of how much of an influence I have on like young kids, man. Like I open my DM sometimes, man, and I'm like, I'm taken back, man, by like kids writing me full blown stories daily of HCMH, of of how a quote that I said this day, of how I'm their source of inspiration, how they wake up and they look at my story and see I'm training and it gives them a reason to go about their day. Like I've had people reach out to me, older people with cancer, say that I'm a source of their inspiration and motivation. Like, I've had people from all walks of life, athletes, non-athletes, all ages, literally reach out to me and say like, I'm a reason why they've gotten through a dark point in their life. Like, you know how incredible that is? Like, I got the chills just now, like thinking about that. Like, yeah, throw a baseball, that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable to throw a baseball at the highest level in the big leagues. Like, I'm super thankful. But for someone to literally, like, I, like, I don't post anything. Like, I want to post it sometimes. But, like, I, I literally keep screenshots in my phone of, like, all the messages I get. It's, like, overwhelming, man. Like, the positive support. Like, it's a blessing, man. It's another reason why I'll continue to be myself regardless. Because I know that I'm reaching, even if I'm not reaching anybody, I'm reaching at least a, hundreds of people daily with these positive talk. And it's literally helping them just to see it. And just to know there's somebody out there that's going through something or there's, some, there's somebody out there that's spewing positive in a world full of negative, I'll continue to always be that man through my death for sure. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, and, and the thing is, if you were a, if you were a, a robot, you wouldn't have that impact. You still might be good. Like, hey, you're great. But mm-hmm. what impact
1: did you have on society? And people look up to you because they can relate. Exactly, man. Exactly. And like you said, I'm at the point where I know the impact that I can have and I see it daily. So it's so that inspires me man like I wrote back to someone today who wrote me a, a young kid who wrote me this massive response man like I was almost out, like tears but I wrote back to him I was like you're inspiring me to be the best version of myself he's telling me I'm inspiring him I'm like hearing what you're writing and seeing this I'm like I, I want to go do another workout I want to go train some more so I can go out there and put on for you and put on for the people who are like Put on for the people who genuinely want me to, to strive and, and, and be great in life. Because one of those people outweighs millions of, of negative people to me. And I know how many of those positive people I have that are supporting me, man. So it's, it's, it's a blessing, honestly. Yeah.
0: And it's like, so th- that's the opposite. You have that one sports writer who always looks at the negative and it makes them sound smart. Uh, mm-hmm. But meanwhile, the fans don't want to dwell on the negative. The fans want to, like, they want to be entertained. They want someone to relate to.
1: The fans want to be get excited for for positive things. Get excited for the season. What fan wants to be like? Oh, you know, what? Uh, we got a million. We we've got a million great additions, but you know, we didn't get one thing. So let's be negative. Like we have so many positive things to look to, especially like for the Mets organization. Like this is an exciting time. Like we're gonna we're gonna be great. Like we're gonna be really good. Like to the point where you're gonna want to tune in and watch us every day. You know what I mean? And that's an exciting time to be in. So like how can you not see the positive we got Francisco Lindor Carlos Carrasco like <laughs> yeah, it's it's that anyone that everyone can look past that and just be like you know what we didn't even get one guy it's a bad off season. how can you say that? yeah I like guess
0: yeah that, that that's insane um and I mean I'm excited to see what y'all do like I think that the moves have
1: been great the vibes on the team are going to be crazy, too. So when you have great vibes on a team, man, like that, that makes winning and everything easily achievable, too, which people don't understand. Like, I've always vibed with Lindor. Like, he's always been a homie, low-key, like, side. We've always kept in touch. Like, there's always people who pride ourselves on always smiling and, and, and being positive and hopping around. So it's going to be some fun times, man. Carrasco as well, man. He lives, like, 30, 40 minutes from me. We have the same barbers. So he's an unbelievable human being, bro people forget how nasty Carrasco is and like this guy is filthy. So like, and it's funny to me, man, because just people forget, that's the biggest thing. It's like, it's, it, it's a society of what have you done for me lately? And by lately, like literally like yesterday, you know what I mean? So I'm over here just smiling and laughing because I know how good we're going to be. I know people forgot how good I am, which is fine. Like, I don't care. Cause I know how good I'm going to be. But I was an all-star in 2019. I just put a priority on my body and my mind for 2020. Like, I'm coming with it all future, regardless of what anybody thinks. Like, there's nobody that can stop my progression. Like, So I'm excited, man, for our staff, for our team, for New York. I think it should be nothing but excitement to look forward to, man. I mean, if you're seriously dwelling on a piece or two that we didn't add when we added crazy pieces to the roster – Like, this is what I said to the guy, too. I don't know if you saw the second tweet. I was like, this is a perfect example of a pessimist, of someone who sees the glass half empty. So I kind of turned it in perfect as, like, how you should not see the world, because it's obvious It's like, why not throw out a tweet that says, instead of like that, why not throw out a tweet that says, you know what, Lindor Carrasco, throw out a tweet like that. Even though we didn't get that, we have an amazing group of dudes to look forward to. Let's go, Mets. Bro, like, just because he has a little check on his little page, like, this is crazy man, like the little check be empowering these people. You know what I mean? Like, they think they're they think they're somebody, man. And it's like you need to relax and realize, like, just because the society thinks you're somebody and you have accumulated a fan base, you now you now now your weight now your voice holds a little weight, and you need to be you need to you need to understand that, even though you want to spew your negative thoughts that pop up into your head all the time, understand that you have a fan base, you're reporting on a fan base, sweet, congratulations, you got a blue check. So just know that and just know that maybe sometimes when you have a negative thought like that, maybe that stays in your draft. Maybe that's the one you write out and you hit the X button and you put it in your drafts or you exit out and you say, you know what, let's really think about this. Let's step back for a second. Let's remove myself and my negative self from the picture And let's step back from an overall viewpoint and see it from the fan base point. What are people going to want to hear at a time of adversity like this? Let's go with the negative. Like who does that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is so crazy. I think people forgot how good cookie is though. Like he is insane.
1: Insane. that dude. I'm, I'm honestly Carrasco. I'm very picky with guys that I'll go back and actually like watch games. Like, I watch your highlights, everything. But when I to actually go back and watch a game, I don't go back and watch game. There's very few guys. Cookie's one of those guys, bro. I will go back and watch his games. Like I will watch his sequences. I will watch that slider and that split. Like that shit is nasty. And that's what I'm saying. People like, how do you forget that? People forget this. You need to do me a favor. Can you can you throw up a little cookies? Oh, okay. Throw up a little Carrasco. Um, like little vintage highlights of nasty pitches. I need a little Met staff. I need a little Met staff. A little, little montage, bro, just to remind I people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got you. I, I like literally. I grew up a Met fan too, so like okay. I, yeah. So I, I,
1: got you on this. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that.
0: So do you have a baseball around? You want to go over some grips
1: or something? Or you? Yeah, Ken. Let me. Um... Let me grab one. Be right back. Okay. All right, my guy. I'm giving you my grips. I give nobody my grips, bro. I know. <laughs> I flashed my grips one time and they weren't even my real grips, bro, like a while ago in a playoff screen. And like they got, but I, I never get my grips, but let's do this.
0: All right, let's go.
1: All right. Uh, what are we going with first? You call it.
0: Laura, let's go uh, sinker because I've been trying to get you to share that for a while. All
1: right. So before I get into grips, man, I'm going to be straight up because I know there's going to be young, young pitchers watching this man, and young wave. Like I truly believe grips Pitching mechanics. I, I truly believe it's all individual and unique to the individual. Yes, it's easy. You could go play with grips all the time. If someone shows you a grip, go play with it. But when you play with it, don't be so prone to keeping that exact grip. This is what I try to tell people like, all my like, I hold the ball weird just because naturally in my hand, that's more comfortable. Like, I'm going to show you. But my grip is not going to work for probably most people. There might be a few guys out there who it might work for, but the way I hold the ball, it's like insane. And it's something that I had to find for myself. Um, because I used to try to throw a sinker in a two seam my entire life and had nothing, no type of action. I used to cut. And it's something that I found after I was already in the big leagues playing with the ball on the couch. It just felt so comfortable. I felt it on the two seam. I said, all right, I'm going to go play catch with it. Play catch with it threw a bullpen with it in the same week it was in the game the next time. Like I'm someone who I'll put a new pitch in a game literally like if I learned a pitch the day before I'll put it in the game the next day. <laughs> like I don't care. But let's do this. Like, sinker. All right. Let me put this phone up real quick. Okay. Okay. So Sinker man. I essentially can throw a slider from my sinker grip. And I have before. I've been like mid delivery before. I've had i I've been mid-delivery before. I work quick sometimes. I've been mid-delivery and have already, like, started my delivery and lifted my leg. And I had a sinker grip, and the catcher threw down slider, and I've thrown it off of it. So this is the grip. I'm, like, very torque. So I'm across the ball. Like, a normal – so if you look at my thumb, like, a normal person for sinker or something is like this, like, straight up on the two seam. I take the ball, and I torque it. This way, so it's essentially a, almost a one seam. I'm throwing; it's coming off my my off the outside of my middle finger. So when I release the ball, it's it's essentially it's not even a singer like on on the rap soto like it's crazy man. It comes up as like a reverse sli- like it comes up as like reverse slider or like something crazy. The way it didn't spins. I call? it? I think I called it that. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly because it doesn't spin like my shit like doesn't spin like it's weird, man. It's weird how it spins. So, like I was saying, like, all my pitches I throw, whereas pitchers mostly are, like, straight up, I take all my pitches and I, I move the ball like that. Even my – it's like this is a normal slider grip. I take it and I, and I torque it. And every pitch I throw, like, this is my sinker. So, if you look, this is my thumb placement. This is my sinker. Every pitch I throw is pretty, like, tight, tight in my hand. Like, I don't hold anything pretty loose. So, yeah, man. You got a little so space there,
0: too, between your fingers?
1: Say that again. Little space between your fingers. Yeah. So it's weird. If you look, they touch at the top, but there's a space like in between. That's what I'm saying. Like this is hard for people's fingers to even get in this position. Like they touch at the top. But naturally, I'm not even trying to do that. But naturally, there's just like a little space. And honestly, I don't think this is a grip pitch, man. I don't think about trying to do anything. I don't think about trying to pronate. I don't think about trying to make it sink. Which is gratifying. This is a pitch I grip and I just throw it, man. And it's got great, like, great action every time, man. Great action. Yeah, it's, it, it
0: broke my brain trying to figure out what you did because I slowed it down and I'm seeing the spin. I'm did. like, that doesn't
1: look like a sinker. It comes off literally, like, can you see that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like that. that. Outside of my middle finger. So it's essentially almost a one scene, the way it almost comes off. Yeah, that's yeah. sick.
0: <laughs> I, so, so to echo what you said, just like people's mentalities are different and mechanics are different, it's me I mean, your your arm slot's different, your fingers are different, your finger exactly. shapes are different. Yep. Exactly.
1: So, I tried throwing a normal sinker. I used to. I tried a million grips for sinkers and two seams. None of them worked for me until I found one when I was playing the ball on my couch. That was like, I'm a big comfort guy too. Any pitch I throw, it's got to feel before I throw it. It's got to feel comfortable in my hand. It's got to feel like so comfortable, like it's got to feel like it's one with my with my hand and my fingers. I'm never going to throw a pitch that doesn't feel comfortable. You know what I mean? That doesn't feel, even if it's like a nasty grip or it's got great action. If it doesn't feel comfortable in my hand and in my fingers, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw it. So the sinker was something I found just playing with the ball, playing with the seams. I like gripped it like that. I was like, wow, that feels really comfortable. I feel like that's going to come off of that scene. And literally, Deion Navarro at the time put it into the game. He put it into the game that like three nights after I learned it. I threw a bullpen with it like one or two times. I threw it to him in a pregame. I was like – I literally said to him, I was like, like this is before I'm pitching in a game. It was against the Rangers in 20 – it was against the Rangers in 20, 20 – It was against the Rangers in 2016. Was it 2016? Who knows when it was? It's hard to remember. (laughs) We'll have to go back about it. Back things. I literally learned this pitch. So I I came in the league as a four-seam guy. I didn't have a sinker at all. Like when I came in the league, and I had good success. I had 120 innings my first year as a rookie. I had like a 3-5, 3-6. I had a 3-6. That was all four-seam slurred. Not a single sinker. So... I didn't pick the singer up until I was in the big leagues. And it was so good that that became a pitch that I only threw. And I kind of, it, it was such a good pitch. I forgot about my four seam, but my four seam has elite spin, like, which I've learned to kind of get back. That's why I'm excited to add that in this year. So um, my sinker, I literally was playing on the couch in between starts, one start. I was a four seam guy, found it. I always wanted a sinker literally next day, play catch with it threw a bullpen, had crazy action. Deion Navarro didn't catch my bullpen, so he never saw it. So game, so the game comes up, he's catching me before the game. I literally throw on my repertoire. I'm like, dog, I'm like, I've kind of been working on this. Here's a singer, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I was like, I literally said to him, I was like, don't, don't call him in the game, but just so you see it. He's like, all right, throw it. Fucking threw it, Nasty's like, bro. Dude, first in the game, I was like, dude, let's not go. Like, I want to have a learn four. Sixth inning, you can look this up. Sixth inning. Sixth inning comes. I'm, I'm I'm pitching pretty well. Runner on second. Zero zero game. Shinshu Chu at the dish. This moment I will never forget. This was like the the break out of my singer. Shinshu Chu at the dish. Three two count. Diana Navarro calls a sinker. I've never thrown a. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thrown a sinker in a game. I just. Found the pitch, the grip, literally three days ago. Like, no joke. Found it three days ago in my hotel room. Found it. This guy, and if you look, there's video. I have video from it. I hope I can find it with you. This guy throws it down. Sinker. I didn't even know the sign. He did this. I literally look. He's like, fastball sinker. I literally look. I'm like, I'm staring. I'm like, there's no way. He just called this. He literally throws his hands up. He's like, throw it. He throws his hands up. Throw it. I'm like, you know what? All right. Bro, I throw this pitch, and when I tell you it started, I couldn't have thrown a more perfect first pitch sinker for time being. For this is what like kind of propelled me. I got a take from Shinshu Chu. You know, Shinshu Chu is one of the hardest hitters to take off to to strike out and to get a take on a three two count. I got a take from Shinshu Two on a three two count with a runner on second base. He didn't even argue he put his head down and walked right back to the walk right back to the dugout and i was like oh like inside i was like oh my god i was like i was like we got we got something here but so diana navarro man like i always tell that story because he gave me the confidence man he called it literally told him not to call it in the game not only in a game the first time calling it in that situation so it's like that propelled me man like I threw that pitch and saw the action and I knew to get a take by Shinshu by Shinshu Chu on a three two count with a runner on like that action had to be crazy and it was a pitch he completely had out of his head so it was like that kind of propelled me man and, and finding my sinker man I ended up throwing that pitch for the next four four years and I forgot about my four. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> my force. so I'm excited man um this year I'm going to be incorporating a four seam in a little split so I can't wait
0: yeah, I want to see that split because you and I have been working on that change up for a long time.
1: Yeah, man, we have
0: what we have, <laughs> man.
1: Always asking you for every grip of everybody. Like, how does he throw it? Does he break it down? Videos, YouTubes. But Giselle, man, so like I said, I've always been someone who I've held the ball on the inside part of the scene. Sinker. I used to try change ups on the inside part. Giselle Min throws his on the outside so I was in I was down there going through when I was with my calf tear we were just like talking going over stuff man first one I threw nasty I literally just moved my 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 ring finger from the inside of the scene to the outside on this side so now essentially instead of letting instead of throwing it where it's coming off like my stinker the one scene I'm throwing, it, I'm throwing it where it's coming off the outside and I'm rolling like the inside of my finger on that seam. but it gives me a grip to roll on, whereas I felt like I was rolling away from it. Now, I feel like I'm almost pulling, man, this thing when I throw it right, man. Whew. So now it's rolling off like, like, like this. So, rather, rather than rolling off like this where it kind of runs from you. Now it's like pulling it down.
0: So you always had a hard time pronating, right? So this is actually, you're doing it with your fingers instead of actually pronating
1: through it. Because I don't think pronate, man. A lot of guys, they see my sink and they're like, oh, he probably thinks pronate. Like I have my grip guy. I let the grip do it. Like I don't want to think, oh, I need to get out front and turn it over. Like, I just want a grip where it feels comfortable, where I'm going to go through my mechanics, I'm going to release the ball and it's going to do what it does. Like, I don't want to have to worry at the very end of my delivery when everything else has gone perfect. Now I got to, you know what I mean? I've never been yeah. that guy. Finding this grip, man, like I said, it's going to be a big pitch for me. And, and even when it's not good, it plays as like a, a sinker almost like it still, it still plays. So, you, so I,
0: the, I, the, the analytics on it are pretty sweet. I saw it. It looked nasty analytics on it
1: i, I i've been kind of hot I, I haven't been saying it I, i'm just excited to pitch man but yeah the analytics are good man On well, my forcing to are good. but that's what i'm just trying to devise a plan now like i'll be working with codify this year too so now it's just going to be a, a devising a plan of repertoire versus team versus what pitches i want to go to versus what's particular hitters like i've never de- dove into this analytical i've always gone out there and have just pitched I'm always a guy who's just pitching my strengths. I don't. I've never. Re- I've never really game planned. I've never really like looked at lineups and hitters like my entire career. I've always just been like, you know what? If I'm gonna lose today, I'm gonna lose on my strengths. Like, that's how I've always been. So now I'm gonna incorporate that mindset with a little bit of info and a little bit of analytical info. So I'm. I'm excited, man, of like having these glaring cold zone spots where I know I can throw. Because man, I could spin the ball so well and do so many different things with so many different pitches. It's gonna, it's gonna be like a safe zone for me. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's almost like I mean, it, it, it's amazing his stuff. Like I've talked mm-hmm. to him about it. We go back a, a good really? way during. Oh
1: yeah, he's great. They, about it though, it, it's so amazing that you have MLB players, individual guys, contract like contracting him against, like not even going with the info that their teams are giving them. <laughs> And this is the highest level. So you know what I mean? That has to tell you the type of information that, that he's giving you that hasn't necessarily be relayed at the big league level yet, which I'm sure big league teams are scrambling right now to, to to put together.
0: See, I always thought everybody had it. Like I thought the teams were spent, you know, they spent so much money on y'all and then they don't spend money on that. Like they're, I don't Can understand.
1: I it's insane. And to be honest with you, some teams do Houston, LA, New York. When I got traded and sent to the Mets, the first day I was there, like before I start, the amount of information that they gave me on paper, I was, it was, it was beyond opening for me. I couldn't believe it. Obviously Houston is way ahead. Like they've always been. So it's like, how long have they been way ahead where they, they've been getting all this information that these other teams haven't been getting that almost becomes like luck of draw. What team you, what team you go to,
0: and fans don't get like people don't know that. People people yeah. assume everybody's equal that way and it's just about talent instead of it's the whole organization.
1: Like there's a lot that goes into being elite, man. And 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 information like this is game changing. Like this, it's hard to put into words, but like this is literally like, hey Stro, this guy can't hit this pitch. I think you need to throw this pitch. Like you're gonna have a pretty good chance of getting him out, which I still like that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like anyone can say, yeah, throw a great down and away slider and you'll get him out. Like <laughs> you yeah. can throw a great down and away slider to anybody. You're going to get him out, but Hey, this guy's got a cold zone on a front door slider, a front door cutter or, or out of the zone. He'll reach, he'll go out of the zone into a cold zone to, to expand. You don't got to throw it in the zone. Like there's so much other information, man. It's crazy. It blew my
0: mind. So the stuff that it's not only it's pitcher specific, hitter specific, mm-hmm. and then whether a hitter is going to chase, as well as this new Hawkeye stuff where he's able to tell when, when
1: people have loaded, like if they're picking yeah. you up well or not. It's mm-hmm. sick. It's crazy, man. It's, yeah, it's all information that's going to be useful. But it's fair game, man. We need it. The hitters got everything on us. Like, let's <laughs> go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we need yeah, it. Yeah, fuck the hitters, man. The ladder, the ball flies more. Like, we need, we need all the information we get. Like, might as well level the playing field. Absolutely. So well, let's get to the slider and the cutter. Um, yep. So slider, I throw a spike slider, man. So my slider is right here. It's almost like people throw curveballs from here. Honestly, I don't think my slider, I think curveball on my slider. you like that's so you're getting to active. the front of it? Like I'm throwing it like this, like kind of over it. And when I really want to make it big, I'll even think like I'm almost trying to roll it this way. Then when I want to make it smaller and shorter and harder, I'll get more fastball and just kind of get on it like this. But when, if I start going like this, it starts getting slurvier and slurvier and slurvier. And then when I get on it more, it's just more, choo, more down. When I get on it, it'll be like 87, 88, 89. Slurvy will be like 84, 85. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like always manipulating the slider. And then that pitch I can go to anywhere. I got the most feel with this pitch. And then cutter cutter i throw a little cutter too it's like a little spike it's almost like off my four seam so my four seam my four seams here which you i still to have do.
0: that finger split there you're just yeah, touching the. yeah, then... yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i actually talked to garrett cole at the all-star game he helped me man a lot with my four seam um he's got actually tiny hands he's got smaller hands than i do and the big thing he told me about his four seam which was great, man, because, like, my force seemed like, I kind of lost it. I lost the feel for it, and he told me, like, he throws it with his fingers together. His actually stay together. Mine just naturally don't do that, so I don't try to force it, but he throws his with his fingers literally together, and he said what he's trying to do is when he releases the ball, which I understand, and I'm trying to get to that point. This is where I'm getting pretty good. When he releases the ball, he wants to release the ball off both fingers at the same time which is hard to do because our fingers are longer. So like it made a lot of sense to me when I was talking to him. And it also made me like play with the ball. When I, when I slightly torque the ball a little bit, when I don't hold it, when I torque it, it allows me more room to kind of really get it off both fingertips rather than it coming off one. So he told me that, man, that was like eye opening. I was like, and he had tiny hands. So I was like, he puts his hands literally together. He's got it here. And he's like, Stro, you got to find it somewhere on the ball what's comfortable for you where you can release it so that the ball's not only coming off your middle finger on release it's it's essentially coming off both fingers which makes sense you're putting more power you're, you're getting another finger behind the ball where whereas you're rather than releasing it like this you're now releasing it too so i've been trying Is it getting and, any more spin yeah man like i'm getting more spin for sure and i'm getting starting to get like a little like starting to get that little, that, that, that vert, man. Like I'm trying to like, I guess JV, I think Verlanders, I think like super elite when it comes, I think he gets to like 20. I think he gets like close to like 20 inches Yep. on his rifle, man. And I've been throwing something like 18, 19. So like I said, I don't want to become a four seam. That's not me, but it's definitely a weapon, man. And I just have to, I have to learn how to use it.
0: You know, I've talked to the driveline guys about this, but there's something to be said about a
1: shorter pitcher throwing a, a four seam with a lot of spin Keeping above barrels. And it's funny you said that, too. Me and my trainer, actually, like, we've been, like, tinkering a little bit because I'm very firm in my backside on, on like, my backside on my right leg when I pitch, like, very, very stable and strong. And I keep a slight knee flexion, which is, like, the athletic position. But I've actually been talking to her recently about possibly – because I feel so strong in my legs and my single squat. I've actually talked about possibly, which, which hitters won't be able to tell, squatting down slightly more on my back leg when I throw a four-seamer to essentially throw uphill rather than to feel like I'm throwing downhill. So it would be like a little variation. Like I said, the hitter's not going to be able to tell, but instead of having my leg essentially where it's like this, my leg squat will bend now to where I'm actually lowering myself a bit. And I'm throwing upward plane, whereas being here, kind of throwing down my sinker, I'll be here and I'll be shoo. so,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so think about it. That's right. When you mm-hmm. think about what everybody's been told, taller pitchers, downward plane, but if you have a four seam and you're getting some hop on it, do you necessarily want that or would you want to be what you do? Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I think like, I think if I can, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, it's literally, I wrote it down. It's like an emphasis for my next uh, bullpen, but yeah, I think I could, because now if I'm on this plane and my shit comes sinker, sinker, slider. Now, if I change my plane, which they can't see from the plate and just with that slight right. And like I said, I focus on like single, leg like pistol squats so much. Like if I change this plane now to where they don't see it, but I'm changing the eye level for them. And now I'm shooting the four seamer up there. So I, I think it could be, I think it could be big.
0: Well, I, and, and I think to the folks at home, you're you work on balance. You work on all like this the the uh the messing with timing type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean a lot of people want to do it, but
1: you work on it. Like that's you. Yeah. Wait till you see some of the ones I got this year, man. I'm like hey. <laughs> <laughs> I got some good ones, man. Like I'm I I I've honestly like as I get older, man, like I'm getting more stable, so much more stable, so much more strong. So as you get more stable and more strong, it just allows you to do so much more. In my delivery, man, like I have a few slow motion timings, bro, that are going to fuck with some guys, man. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) So how do you come, like, do you just come up with it in your head? Like
0: you're just doing this, just being an athlete and coming up with different ways to screw with people. Do you do it on
1: the fly sometimes? You're seeing a hitter not, you know, timing you different ways. All on the fly, man. All on the fly. And then also sometimes just random because it never hurts. So um if i know a guy's got like a glaring leg kicker is a glaring timing guy like i'll try to expose him but i'll also just do it to the guy that doesn't even have a leg kick because like i said everybody wants to be in rhythm when they're hitters so anytime i could take them slightly out of rhythm in any particular way i'm gonna do it and like i said the slow motion one that i have in the beginning of my leg lift but then i have another one also too on my entry leg lifts i think that this will help a lot man getting guys on their front foot like that's what I'm trying to do, man. I want you to get on your front foot. I want to get your hands a little static. Like I want to get you uncomfortable.
0: So, and I don't understand why pitchers don't understand like fans or pitchers or coaches don't understand that because you're hundred percent right. Hitting is a uh, pitching is about upsetting the hitters timing. You can do it through changing speeds or you can do it through changing your mechanics in the Mm -hmm. middle of it so that you mess with a hitter. Why isn't that part of your arsenal?
1: Exactly, man. And like you said, um, to be honest with you, when I was a rookie in the league, what Jose Bautista, like I tell the story a lot, but he was the reason why I started my time in my first start in the big leagues. Bautista is like on a mental wave, similar to me. He's always looking at the next possible thing to increase your body, increase your mental, um, just to whatever it is to increase your quality of life. So I'm sitting in my first start in the big leagues and Bautista, we're up like 6-1 against the Royals. Bautista comes to me, sits down to me. He's like, Tro, He's like, you're pitching pretty well. First start. He's like, you're pitching pretty well. Like, we're cruising we're up he's like why don't you try to mess with timing why don't you try to mess with like your deliveries like he said to me he goes the only time I'm the only time a pitcher can get me out or out of whack or off balance or out of rhythm is when they quick pitch when they when they mess with their delivery which like Cueto would do at the time a little bit but it was his was more like quirky not really like messing with timing he was just like messing with his delivery more so so Bautista told me that my first start and like kind of implanted that in my head, and then as time progressed, like honestly, early in my career in 2014, I wasn't stable enough. I wasn't strong enough. I couldn't I couldn't do what I do now in my delivery. Um, but as it progressed, I would sit in the cage. I had so many. I, I'm I'm someone who honestly, I'll go sit behind Degrom, but I, I I rarely pick pitchers' minds. Degrom's a goat. I'm usually with hitters, man. I go and sit in the hitters' cage. So I would go when I was with the Blue Jays and sitting there with Tulowitzki. Donaldson, Bautista, Encarnacion, Reyes, Melky Cabrera. I mean, I'm missing a ton of guys, but I had some legends to talk to. And all of them, man, all of them say that timing was the biggest thing. Quick pitch. When a guy messed with his rhythm, they literally said, Stro, they're like, it don't matter what pitch comes sometimes. They're like, it could be a slider, a heater, a changeup. It could be nasty. They're like, if I'm on time and it's in the zone, I'm smashing it like so that made me think i'm like all right so even if i throw a six slider sometimes like you're still gonna smash it like (laughs) that made me think these are the best hitters some arguably the best hitters in the world that i was talking to and that just planted that in my head like why are pitchers so cookie cutter like we're robots like hit pitchers are essentially this is pitchers are so robots that hitters and pitchers are essentially doing a dance like a a hitter can close their eyes and know when a pitcher is going to deliver the ball. That's insane that you're on that time. Nick Castellanos came up to me after a game and said this to me. He's like, Stro, he's like, you're unreal, man. He goes, you know why you're great? He goes, every other pitcher in the league, this is what he said. He goes, every other pitcher in the league, he goes, they're the best dance partner. He's like, I'm in rhythm with them. We're moving in sync. He's like, in between pitches they take the same amount of time their delivery it's the same he's like it's a dance bro he's like i'm in rhythm he's like when i'm in rhythm i'm a, i'm a rake he goes you're the worst dance partner that's what he said to me he goes he put, he put it perfect he put it perfect this is castellanos who's a great one of the best hitters in the league he goes you are the worst dance partner he's like i'm so out of rhythm and i just feel like we're not moving in sync i said isn't that how you're supposed to feel he's like yeah but that's not how it is he's like hit he's like pitchers are robots they they get on the mound they do the same thing they throw the ball they get on the mound they do the same thing they throw the ball it's like i he it's like i could close my eyes and be in rhythm with you and be on time he's like that's that's comforting he's like when i'm facing you bro that shit is not comforting he's mm-hmm. like He's like, he's like, I feel like I'm doing a dance with you, bro. And we're like moving completely different ways. You're going one way, I'm going the other way. And that's what opened my mind a lot too. When he came to me and told me that, I was like, wow. Just the way he worded it, like being the worst dance partner, like the way he worded that was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be the worst dance partner with you.
0: <laughs> Go back, because there are tweets where I actually said that. I said, be a bad dance partner. Yeah, yeah. It exactly the-
1: but most pitchers are like, because it's preached from a young age you got to get on the mound and do the same thing you got to have the same mechanics you got to have the same fluidity you got to have the same thing it's like we're almost we're almost we're, we're 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 creatures of habit and and the habit that we're creating is not a good one that's going to help us get out you know what I mean it's actually working against us like cuz then essentially what you're doing is saying that you need to outstuff the guy so then it's it's your stuff needs to outstuff the best and essentially you're not going to throw a perfect, low, perfectly located pitch every single time. That's just, not, that's just not ideal. So what I tell guys is like, why not give yourself more room for error? That's what I tell people. I'm like, I'm giving myself more room for error. Sometimes when I do my timing, I throw that shit right down the middle. I tell people, I don't even try to locate it. I know that his front foot, I know that he's on his front foot. I know his timing's off. I know it's probably going to be a bad swing. I'll throw it right down the middle. I'll throw my sinker middle, middle throw whatever middle middle because i know that you're not in rhythm your foot's not down on time your hands pumped maybe four times instead of three times like you're used to so i'm okay i'm okay with throwing a pitch like that when you're like that
0: you know what it reminds me of you remember the 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 revolutionary war where you have the british lined up in a row and they're fighting like this and then the americans are like hiding behind trees and stuff
1: like like Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: Like, what's wrong with that? Like, in the NFL, quarterbacks don't sit there and do the same thing every time because they got someone coming at them and they're on target. So you can do it.
1: Exactly, man. 100%. Like, I think as it starts to get a whole, hopefully that incorporates more. I hope pitchers start to incorporate more of the weight room and stability and focusing on core because they don't understand how much that helps them in the long run in their delivery. Like, yeah, everyone wants to go work on pitches, but at the end of the day, you can't. working on too much pitching works against you reps and arm like you only get so many bullets you know what i mean in your arms so you want to save those for the game truly that's another conversation i just have a price about like you want to save your body and as much bullets as possible yeah it's great to go throw 30 sliders in a bullpen but you're probably setting the longevity of your career back a few start so um i put a priority on my body man priority on body shoulder mind always and then like i said everything comes after that well, I haven't seen any of your balancing this year, where you're like walking on your hands and putting a wine glass on your back Ooh, been, and shit like that. I'm ready. I've just been kind of, I've just been kind of chilling. I'm just haven't been posting, you know. I, just, I, I just wanted like really show it on the field this year, man. I'm excited, so I'm excited here.
0: Well, I'm excited to to watch you this season. I'm excited for the Mets. Eh? Let let's go Mets. How about that? Let, let's fucking crush it. Let's fucking go Mets. <laughs> Can't wait. It's gonna be exciting times in Queens, man, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna let you. It's a Friday night. I mean, you gotta grab some wine, hang out, chill, that right? Bottle of red wine, man, for sure. That's the first thing I'm doing when I go from here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. And it, this was awesome. Let's let's do it again. Hopefully, maybe during the season, you're gonna you know, throw a no hitter, and we'll uh, you throw a no hitter, and we're doing this.
1: I got you man. Honestly man, I talk to no media during the year, but I will talk to you whenever you want man. Like I'm only talking to media post game at my locker, so anytime you want to get together and do something, we can do it cuz I know a lot of people always want to hear me speak on this on um, platforms like this and like I said, I- I'm not giving I'm not giving media any of that. So I would love to we can we can get on here and do it.
0: Dude, you're an inspiration to a lot of people and I love it. It's Absolutely great to catch man. Up
1: with you. Thank you for always being in my corner man. I appreciate you.